in the past month, we've seen a lot of warmongering. We've seen it become the narrative of the left to accept that war is good because Ukraine has to defend itself and Russia is a big bad bully and blah, blah, blah. Now I want to talk about this a little bit, but I also want to talk about personal property rights. Let's get down to the basics because unfortunately, the majority of modern humans that live under some form of state or government have no idea the basic foundation of private property, of human sovereignty and right. And most people don't understand why America has been the most successful country in the history of mankind because we mostly adhere to these principles. We have at least a pretty strong foundation in the Bill of Rights Constitution. Not perfect by any means, because again, governments are run by people and people are not perfect and they have incentives and there's problems with democracy, et cetera. But it has still been the most successful way of organizing humans ever. And it has brought more freedom and prosperity to not only Americans, but also the entire earth through innovation and technology and the deflationary nature of technology that brings down the cost of things and increases the standard of living, which is what the market does beautifully. And the only way that a market can work that way or the, the truest way it can work, not the only way, because you can have markets and you have crony capitalism and politics and you have regulation, you have all these things that cause inflation and other issues, and they're not truly free markets. But for every bit of free market there is, for every bit of the state staying out of the way of businesses, you have prosperity for humanity. This is seldom understood by people. People think that capitalism is bad or they think that rich people are bad. <laughs> That's actually a topic for another day. In fact, I'm gonna write that down right now to do that topic. I wanna do a longer piece on this blaming the rich nonsense. It's insane how backwards it is as almost all narratives are. All narratives that take very complex matters and put them into a simple uh, climate change bad or energy use bad because it affects climate or rich people bad because they have a lot of money. Like these simple one plus one equals two narratives are mathematically incorrect. And what's bizarre about it is they happen to usually be the opposite of truth. I don't know why that is. It's a fiat culture. It's it's going off the gold standard in 1971 when Nixon took us off. It's a lot of craziness that you get from the state when there's not skin in the game and there's not actual feedback loops. It's all of this and more. Prime example of that is nutrition science, science, quote unquote, right? Capital S science, I should say, which has been promoting the opposite way that humans need to eat to thrive. Literally the opposite way. Grains, sugars, processed foods, like whatever. The food pyramid is quite literally backwards, saying you should eat less animal foods and less fat, when really that's the foundation of a healthy human diet. It's literally insane. But without veering too far off tangent, we're going to talk about the basics of right to life, which is right to property. Most people would agree that rape is bad. Why is that? Well, because it's a violation of property rights. Unless you willingly consent to having sex with somebody, that is a violation of property. Just like you taking something that is mine, that I earned through my blood, sweat, and tears, my toil, my investment of energy and time. If you take that from me and I don't give it to you, and I don't give you permission to take it or use it, you're violating my property rights. Where people get confused with this is they think there are exceptions here. This is what the problem with the state and all collectivist ideas are, is they try to take first principles like, yeah, theft is bad. Yeah, rape is bad. Yeah, every human has a right to not be killed or murdered or caged up or kidnapped or whatever. These are basic first principles that most people will agree upon. Even the idiots, the useful idiots in Washington will probably agree on these principles. But then the government comes in, the state comes in and says, well, there's a greater good here. And we have to violate some people's property rights in exchange for giving more shared resources to other people or like making them better off. I don't know. It's, it's kind of a weird logic when you actually break it down. Uh, the state and democracy and all of it is very bizarre, actually, because it is a violation of property rights. One way or the other, it doesn't matter how you spend it. You take from some, you give to others. It's a violation of property rights. Just like if there were a law to say that, well, because these people aren't getting enough sex, 
we're going to make rape legal in these this context. How is it any different than taking money from the productive members of society, people that build things and create value and they get paid from the marketing exchange. You take money from them and then you dole out to people that don't, that live off uh, the government check or whatever. We got to think about this clearly because this is where people get really confused. Your human nature, you want to believe that everything is fair and equal and everyone should be taken care of and this and that. And I agree with you, but that's not nature. I believe that Every young gazelle should not be eaten by lions, but the lion's got to eat. And if the lion doesn't eat the young gazelle, then it dies. And then its cubs die. And then that species goes extinct. This is nature. There is no right or wrong or morality in nature. There is only survival of the fittest. So that's something we can all agree on. Now, humans can evolve out of this. I see that argument there. We can evolve out of this. We can use our intellect and we can use technology to bring prosperity to all. But the problem is, the problem with that is, is that when you have the state or a small group of people doling out those resources, deciding who they're going to take it from, who they're going to give it to, and then trying to rationalize it with some bullshit, basically, that's where you get moral hazard. That's where you get incentives. That's where you get crony capitalism and crony politics. That's where you get all the insider bullshit you see in Congress now today and in politics. It always corrupts because a few things, no skin in the game, no accountability, People aren't actually spending their own money, so they can't make calculable risks about opportunity costs, which is basically Austrian economics 101. There is no shoulda, woulda, coulda, or ought to in nature. There is simple physics. There is simple math. There is simple value creation and destruction. And there is no should or would or could or ought. So you got to remove that. Then you can address each concept for its pros and cons and find out, is there a middle ground there? And if there isn't, then what do you do? Well, this is where the libertarian or and or the anarchist like myself come in and we would say, let the market take care of it. Because here's the thing. If you have a free market solution to everything, there will always be a consumer. There will always be a market and there will always be somebody providing that service. Everybody will eat. Everybody will have shelter. Everybody will have food. And those that want to do extra work to acquire more things will do that. They will have that opportunity. And those that don't, that want to live simply or that want to be homeless, like that's another thing. A lot of homeless people don't really care or they have mental issues, like they cannot operate in this society. And so they're completely finally on the streets. A lot of them want to. I've heard some anecdotes of people saying that they don't want to change their situation. Yet us in our evolved ivory towers are like, oh, they have to want this. They have to want that. We have to give it to them. It's our responsibility. That is a violation of property rights. To take a homeless person that wants to live that way and say, you must now live in a house and you must get a job and work nine to five, or whatever, is a violation of property. And if we actually forcibly do that, <laughs> Well, that too, right? So that's a tricky subject because, you know, there's public places and they're not paying taxes. Like, and that's when you get into like really hardcore, like free city states where governments and cities can treat be treated more as like private uh, members clubs and people kind of come and go based on paying fees. I'm all for that. Then you have nature and people can go live in nature if they want to. So there's a lot of trickiness to that one, but that's why I got to boil it down to first principles. You have to understand and think about what are the first principles here? Does it violate property rights in exchange for some idea of greater good? Yeah. Okay. Therefore it's wrong because who determines what is a greater good and who should get it and who should be taken from the mob, this politician, that politician, the entire argument is flawed because it violates first principles. I got a couple quotes here. It is wrong for one person to rule many as it is for many to rule one. It's just wrong, period. Every person has inviolable property rights that they deserve by nature of existing. And that is the ideal that humanity should uphold with every possible tool and thought and action that we can. Because when you violate that, that's when you get all the distortions and the corruption and the parasitic nature of the state and government and inflation and money printing, regulation, all this crap. 
Now, I said I was going to talk about Ukraine war. The thing about this is you want to have this moral idea that war, if you're invaded, is good. And if you're the invader, it's bad. But war is bad, period. And what I can't stand to see is somebody like Zelensky that is trying, has been trying to early on kind of stop that, but he's been trying to basically get the U.S. into this conflict, which is potentially World War III. And he's trying to get support. I mean, Biden just sent him $800 million in weapons, apparently, to defend his homeland. He is using other lives, particularly his own citizens, to fight something. And they are cannon fodder. So more will die the longer this goes on so that he can hold his seat of power. And then his defense is, it's for our freedom. It's for our sovereignty. What Like, just go somewhere else, bro. All of you can. Go live somewhere else. It's tricky because there obviously is an argument here that you defend your rights and, and this and that. But the problem is when the state is doing it, you have no say in that. When you're a soldier, you do not question your leaders. You do what they tell you to do. If they say, go here and die, you go there and die. Is there not a more absurd violation of property rights? You have no say whatsoever. Tolstoy said this, war is murder. No matter how many people get together to commit murder or what they call themselves, murder is the worst sin in the world. So I can't stand to see this Ukraine propaganda because it's fueled by the warmongers in Washington, the State Department that want regime change and they want to go after Putin. But if you actually look historically, regime change usually results in somebody worse off or the same. So this entire idea that we could get Putin out and maybe get something better, ridiculous. And how many lives are you going to spend to do that? And how much money are you going to waste? How much of the $800 million, oh wait, all of it, comes to the taxpayers because Biden didn't pay for it. No politician in Washington paid for it. They're spending other people's money and then they make money out of thin air, which then further spends our money because it steals the purchasing power of our dollars that we use and earn. It's all theft all around. No matter how you spend it, it's theft. And the people that pay, the average people, everybody. I mean, rich pay too, but they're usually in a pretty good enough position because they buy assets and there's asset inflation. So they're in some ways even benefit depending on how wealthy you are and your investments. And if you're a warmonger or a contractor, you're going to benefit tremendously, which is another topic, but it stepped all the way around. So Biden posted a picture on Twitter saying, I approved $800 million to Zelensky for weapons. And like, he's bragging about it as if it's like, cool, I did that. I'm, I'm a savior or whatever. When what he's doing explicitly, you cannot refute this. What he's doing is murder because he is prolonging war, which will kill people on both sides. And it will not kill the leaders though. They're not in there fighting. They're the ones posturing and negotiating, doing all this bullshit with their own interests at play first, which is to stay in power. Whereas the average soldier that maybe he doesn't want to fight anymore, maybe he wants to go home to his family. He has no say in this. When he hears that Biden gives Zelensky $800 million, the average soldier's probably like, damn it, now I got to stay here longer. Now I'm going to increase with each day the risk that I die and that my son or daughter grows up without a father. This is the bullshit that you get when you propagandize war. War is wrong. War is murder, period, full stop. War also includes the state. Now, it's much different if it's a conflict. If you're in your home and you got your family inside and people surround your, your home with guns and they're going to steal your women and children, do things like that. You fight to the death, but that's different. That's me deciding, choosing and defending my right to live. And maybe I don't have an escape hatch. Politicians, they don't care. They're not fighting. They're hiding behind safety or like in another country or well away from the front. So they don't make the same decisions. That is the fundamental problem with every state and government. That's what it is. It is a removal of skin in the game, meaning I'm not going to die. Nobody's going to shoot me in the head. I'm not spending my own money. I'm spending someone else's money, or in this case, I'm spending other lives. And then I convince myself it's for patriotism or sovereignty or any bullshit like that, but that's exactly what I'm doing. The net effect is exactly the same.
It is not the same as you defending your actual physical property and you are on the front lines and you are having to kill somebody because they're coming at you. The soldiers themselves, I don't blame them at all. I blame them for maybe signing up. I blame them for maybe being deluded by patriotism and these ideas that this is good. I got to protect my homeland or whatever. You should go somewhere else. You should take your kids and your family and whatever, and you should go somewhere else. Got another quote here. People at planet Earth are on a very low level of development. Every day in the newspapers, you read the news about military treaties, about the preparations for war, for mass manslaughter. People do not understand that the life of each man is his own private property. Camille Flammarion. Until such a time as people reject the power of government to govern, to tax, to legislate, and to punish, war will never stop. War is the consequence of government's power. And that's what I'm saying. And it's the consequence of their power because they don't have skin in the game. They are not going to get shot themselves. They are going to send out their troops to get shot and to be the barrier. Because I would promise you, war would almost never happen if the leaders that made all these decisions for the masses were the ones on the front lines or were the ones that had to get armed up and go go in and shoot and get shot at. I promise you, it would be a completely different, more peaceful world if that were the case, which is, again, another problem with the state. This is what it leads to. It leads to the masses being used as cannon fodder for the few elite that sit comfortably behind desks and screens and send people out to their death or bomb them from thousands of miles away and other obscenities that is a result of no skin in the game, no risk, spending other people's lives and money. I would highly recommend reading into some libertarian philosophy and anarchism. It's pretty eye-opening. And when you do that, you're learning from first principles. When you can understand what the state is, what it's not, what it should be, which is basically as small as possible, and it should protect personal property rights, and taxes should be based on consumption so that you voluntarily opt into them rather than just we tax everything that moves and every dollar that you make. When you get down to those first principles, you start seeing how much of the shenanigans that's going on in Washington and politics and all around the world that's built upon lies and assumptions. It's built upon violating property rights that people on an everyday basis accept because they haven't understood or done the work to understand because they haven't done the work to understand. So they accept it as a given. And if you do that, I promise you, your liberal ideas, your progressive idealism will erode away because you will see that it is all based on violating property rights. And as you get closer and closer to those property rights, you will move more right. And there's no way you will not see the importance of limited government. And there's no way you will not be able to see how broken and destructive our massive government is. Now that it accounts for literally 50% of GDP is government spending and government bureaucracy, absolute insanity, which is why we now live in the United States of Socialist America, not the United States of America. And then you'll look at COVID, what happened in the last two, three years, and you will shake your head and be like, wow, that makes so much sense now. From the overreaction to the government lockdowns to me spilling coffee on myself, it will make so much sense. And hopefully you will be more aware and enlightened moving forward. And if you do decide to vote in this broken and corrupt game that we call democracy, if you do decide to play that, I hope you will vote for people that are focused on protecting property rights on less government, less spending, less intervention, less programs, less critical race nonsense, less, because if you don't, if you don't do any of that stuff, then you are only furthering and quickening the demise of America. And it'll be sad when it goes because something better might come out of it, but might not. And either way, whatever comes next is going to be 
pretty dangerous and a lot of people are going to die during that transition process. Now, me personally, I'll leave the country. I will not stay here and fight. I have family I have to look after. We will go live in the Caribbean or go to some other safe country around the world and be just fine. Of course, I got my Bitcoin, my passports, my gold, plenty of resources, ammo, transportation. I got all these things checked out because that's insurance. If I'm going to pay insurance on a freaking car, if I'm going to pay life insurance, I'm going to pay any of these things. Why don't I have physical protection if shit goes haywire as it has throughout history and as it will continue to do? Because that's just history. That's just human nature. Make sure you get the Better Human Newsletter. I just sent out the free edition. You get once a month free edition and then twice a week for those that subscribe. I appreciate that. Thebetterhuman.co. You can get it over there and I'll see you in the next one. Yeah.